Welcome to the August Pensions Podcast from Stevenson Harvard Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our website at www.shlegal.com. I'm Julia Cooper, an associate in the pensions team, and I have with me Katie Whitford, another associate in the team. Today, the topics we are going to look at include some key pension considerations stemming from the recent passage of the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Act 2020, the Pensions Dashboard Programme and an Ombudsman case concerning the use of HMRC member data in investigating a member complaint. Firstly, however, we will look at a recent Court of Appeal judgment which appears to close the door on retrospective equalisation in all but very limited circumstances. Thanks, Julia. The Court of Appeal has handed down its judgment in the case of Safeway and Newton. The Court confirmed that the introduction of Section 62 of the Pensions Act 1995 was sufficient to close the barber window of the Safeway pension scheme retrospectively, with effect from the 1st of January 1996. Section 62, which is now superseded by Section 67 of the Equality Act 2010, was intended to provide a domestic law framework for European law in relation to pension rights by introducing an equal treatment rule for all UK occupational pension schemes. The court agreed that this was the effect of Section 62 and that, as a result, it introduced legally enforceable rights and remedies under domestic law that complied with European law. This is a significant decision in relation to the equalisation of retirement dates in UK occupational pension schemes. It confirms for the first time that the introduction of Section 62 made it possible for schemes which had not closed their barber window on the 1st of January 1996 to close that window retrospectively from that date. However, the judgment is of limited application and is only likely to be of assistance to a small number of pension schemes. Thanks, Katie. For our next topic, we will look at the Corporate Insolvency and Governance Act 2020, which is now in force. The Act received royal assent on the 25th of June 2020 after going through the committee stage in the House of Lords extremely quickly. This was despite the various criticisms and concerns which had been raised by the pensions industry. The Act introduces a moratorium procedure whereby a company can seek relief of up to 40 days from any enforcement action by creditors. A concern raised at the committee stage was that banking and finance debt could be prioritised over a demand for payment of deficit repair contributions to a pension scheme if a company went insolvent within 12 weeks of the moratorium ending. Added to this was the fact that the moratorium did not, in and of itself, trigger a PPF assessment period. This meant that the PPF would not have a seat at the table in any consequent restructuring. The legislation was amended in light of these concerns and now addresses the issues to some extent. One way this has been addressed is that whilst banks and lending institutions will still be allowed to accelerate debt during the moratorium, this debt will not necessarily acquire the status of super priority in a subsequent insolvency. However, there still remains the issue that deficit repair contributions to a pension scheme would not be afforded the same level of priority as debts in respect of which there is no payment holiday during the moratorium. The legislation was also amended to provide that the PPF and the pensions regulator should receive the same notifications and information as the scheme trustees and other creditors in order to address concerns that the PPF and the pensions regulator were being bypassed. The speed at which the Act went through Parliament potentially does not bode well, particularly given the criticism levelled during the committee stage. It remains to be seen how the implementation of the Act will play out in practice. 
We'll now look at the Pensions Dashboard Programme, which was set up by the Money and Pension Service. The Money and Pension Service has recently issued a call for input on two working papers it published back in April 2020 on data standards for pensions dashboards. It's seeking input from consumer advocates, pension providers and schemes, together with other parties with an interest in the dashboards. These data standards for which input is being sought will set out the data that pension providers and schemes will be required to show their customers and members via dashboards and the format in which the data will have to be supplied. They will include data items that will enable pensions to be identified. Under proposed new duties contained in the Pension Schemes Bill, pension providers and schemes will be required to make this information available to people when they request it via their chosen dashboard. For our final topic, we will look at a pensions ombudsman case which considers the use of GMP records to construct a member's benefits. The Deputy Pensions Ombudsman has used HMRC's GMP data when investigating a complaint involving missing data. A member, Mr N, could not trace his benefits for a particular period of service and the Deputy Pensions Ombudsman obtained evidence from HMRC to determine who was responsible for paying Mr N's GMP for that period. Mr N had changed employment several times over his career and had consecutive periods of membership in contracted out pension schemes with several different employers. Mr N had been a member of the Clydesdale Bank pension scheme between April 1975 and March 1986. On contacting the scheme to ask about his benefits, he was told he was no longer a member. HMRC's GMP records suggested that Mr N had transferred his benefits to his next employer's scheme, the Bradford and Bingley Pension Scheme. The Bradford and Bingley Pension Scheme had no record of any transfer in from the Clydesdale Scheme and the Bradford and Bingley Scheme had subsequently transferred the benefits Mr N had built up in that scheme onto a further scheme. Mr N argued that he should be entitled to benefits for his pensionable service between April 1975 and March 1986 from either the Clydesdale Scheme or the Bradford and Bingley Scheme. Deputy Pensions Ombudsman decided that, taking into account HMRC's GMP records, it was more likely than not that there had been a transfer of Mr N's benefits from the Clydesdale scheme to the Bradford and Bingley scheme. The Bradford and Bingley scheme should have included that transfer in payment on the subsequent transfer to the next scheme, but it had not. The Bradford and Bingley scheme was directed to pay the missing benefits to Mr M. Missing data is a common issue for lots of schemes. The approach taken by the Deputy Pensions Ombudsman in this case could offer a pragmatic solution to similar issues faced by other schemes where records have been lost. That's all for this month's podcast. Further details on these subjects and additional topics can be found in the August snapshot and from your usual Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law Team contact. Thanks for listening. We hope you found the podcast informative and that you've enjoyed the summer and you're staying safe. You can listen again and subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher or on the Stevenson Harwood website. Mm-hmm.